0: Today, we're continuing in our study through the, through the book of Proverbs. I wanna encourage you to, and invite you to turn with us to Proverbs 22. Proverbs twenty-two, and uh, we're going to be uh, working our way through this. And I'm excited as we uh, excited about uh, the, the things we have going on today. Not only are we uh, going to be looking at the book of Proverbs here, but we're going to uh, we're going to also uh, observe uh, communion, uh, and that is uh, one of the ordinances that Jesus gave to the church. And uh, it's always a wonderful time together as we remember what Jesus Christ did for us, um, the sacrifice that was given. But uh, we're going to start here in Proverbs 22 and work our way through this chapter today. The Bible says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Let me ask you this, what do people think when they hear your name? Do you know somebody that when you hear their name, it just kind of makes you go, hmm. Maybe some politician or maybe some uh, famous uh, person or maybe some acquaintance of yours. It just kind of irks you and aggravates you just to hear their name. Well, what do people think when they hear your name? What, uh, do, do, they have, do they have good uh, thoughts about you? Well, see, what people think about you, that's your reputation. And you have a lot to do with what people think about you. Now, I understand that other people can, can influence your reputation. So it's always good for us to live our lives where our reputation, where our name our testimony speaks for itself, right? And and the the godly way that we're living gives us uh, gives a testimony for us. So that, like we we're talking about before uh, in in past weeks, if somebody said something bad about you, that your consistent Christian testimony would lead them to think, "No, that can't be true." Amen. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Of all the things that that might be said of us, it should be that uh, that it, it should be our desire that someone might describe us as a Christian, not not by uh, not by religion, not because we identify with uh, the religious crowd that calls themselves Christians, but rather uh, by the difference that our relationship with Christ has made in our lives. Because see, you can be religious, and you can play the part and you can still uh, in your heart be unchanged and, and, in, and in your lifestyle be very legalistic and be very rigid and rude, or you can let Jesus make a difference in your life and you can reflect that love and grace in everything you do and let the love of Christ, not the, not the, the demands of others, lead you to live a righteous and a holy life. And that's when you'll be labeled Christ-like. In the book of Acts, the Bible tells us that the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch and that's because they were living their lives in such a way that they were reflecting the goodness of God. They were reflecting the grace and the love of Jesus Christ and they were letting his love and grace change them from the inside out, not the influence of religion change them from the outside and try to change inward. It doesn't work that way. But when it changes from the inside out, that's the real love, the real freedom, the real uh, the real Christ likeness. A, re- a relationship with Christ will make that difference, and His love and grace. The Bible says Jesus was full of grace and truth. That that aspect, that characteristic of being full of grace and truth will be reflected in our lives as we grow in our relationship and in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I I would want, my my desire is that people would see my life and say, that's a Christian right there. I, I would rather, the Bible says that a good name is rather be chosen than great riches there are many today that, that they would choose, they'd rather choose the riches and, and the, the things that this world has to offer rather than choosing, the, uh, choosing uh, Jesus Christ. We read in the, in the, the Bible about many people who, who chose their reputation, uh, chose their, uh, their popularity or their positions rather than choosing Jesus Christ. That's what I love about the, about the disciples. When you look at the disciples, they were just ordinary men, but they came from all kinds of different backgrounds. Uh, you, have, you have Simon the Zealot. You know, he, was the, he was that political um, uh, activist out there with his signs and marching and, and uh, waving his banners and all that kind of stuff. But Simon the Zealot was also a follower of Jesus Christ, just like Matthew the tax collector, Matthew was a sellout, according to the zealot. He was one who caved to the Romans and gave in to the tyranny and kind of supported it by collecting taxes from his own people. Simon the zealot would have called Matthew a traitor. But what I love is they come together in Jesus Christ. And Jesus made a difference in them and changed their hearts so Simon's not hating Matthew and Matthew's not despising Simon and and they, they come together in Jesus. Jesus makes a change. And there is a name that is above every name that will make a difference in your life. And it's rather to be chosen than great riches because you can have the whole world and lose your soul but if you choose the name Jesus... If you'll trust in Jesus and his name, uh, the Bible says neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you'll come to to God through Jesus, he'll save you. He'll change your life and and he'll make a a real difference in your life. He'll, He'll make that change so that when people hear your name, they think Christian, Christ-like. The Bible says the desire of a man is his kindness. Kindness is, is something that, that God produces in us as we yield to him. When you choose Jesus, I love the words of a song that I, I heard recently. It says just, it says, "Just give me Jesus. You can have all the world, but give me Jesus. I'm glad that, I'm glad that I have Jesus. I'm glad that He is my Savior, He's my Lord, He's made a difference in me, and He wants to make a difference in each and every person. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to introduce Him to you today. I want to tell you what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. We can draw draw close to Him, and Jesus comforts us in those times of trouble. He encourages us when the world is against us, He's there to stand with us and strengthen Us and to help us through, but most importantly, he has made us acceptable to God so that we don't have to fear tomorrow. We can lay our head on our pillow tonight and not have to be afraid that what if coronavirus or or an earthquake or some terrible thing happens and we die tonight? Jesus gives us the peace to know that we'll open our eyes in eternity and we'll be looking into that face, that face that's full of love and grace. Amen. Hey, Jesus is the one to be chosen. A good name is rather be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. I'd I'd rather people I'd rather people have good thoughts about me than than to to have lots of wealth because wealth hey, many times people people seek after the wealth and it it just kind of sours their spirit and it destroys their character because they'll they'll do anything for a dime or a dollar. And that's, but I'd I'd rather have a good testimony where when people think about me, that it's good thoughts, it's encouraging. Not, again, not because Philip's such a good guy, but because Jesus is such a wonderful Savior that he's made such a difference in Philip, that he's made Philip kind and I know there's not much you can do about this, but in my character, make me attractive to people, right? I want, I want people to, to like to be around me, not because, not, you know, they're, they're, there's those people that they kind of attract people because of people's rebellious attitudes and everything, and, and, and they're all snotty and mean and rude, and people think that's hilarious, you know, and so they kind of gather together. I don't want that kind of following. I don't want that kind of crowd, what I want is, is, to, is for people to be drawn to me because of the difference Jesus has made in me. Amen? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Notice what it says. The rich and the poor meet together. Now, how in the I don't have any friends because they've separated me to all by myself. But I'm glad that in Jesus we all come together. The rich and the poor meet together. In Jesus, there is no difference in the Jew or the Greek or the Gentile or the barbarian, there's, there's, hey, the, the bond or free. Hey, I'm glad that in Jesus, there's no difference in the, in the young and the old and the rich and the poor and, the, and no matter what nationality or ethnicity you are, in Jesus, we're all the same. So let me, let me just throw this in here right, right here. The critical race theory that they're teaching out there it is anti-God, anti-Bible, because it says, it says that there's no way that you can actually change your, your views on other people. You may try to suppress it, but by trying to, you're, you're just deceiving yourself that you are a racist. Hey, that's wrong, according to the Bible, because Jesus makes a change. Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and that's love for everybody. In Jesus, we all come together. He's the one that makes that change. How does he do it? By the gospel. The gospel sets us free. The gospel makes us, makes us one in Christ. I love the gospel and the power that the gospel has to change our lives. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. If you have a wrong idea about somebody and you despise somebody because of any... If you despise somebody... Because of of their their economic status or their ethnicity or their education or or whatever it may be, you're wrong. That's sin, and you are you are despising what God has done. You're despising the way that God. If, if, God is the one that made us. He made us how we are. Now, we have the the responsibility to choose to humble ourselves to him and, and trust in him and to yield to him for him to make a change in our character and our way of life. But we should never despise someone and hate people because the Lord's the maker of them all. Old and young, born and unborn, black, white, whatever you want to call it, The Lord is the maker of them all. I'm so thankful for Jesus. There is nothing like the unity that we have in Christ. I love it. Praise the Lord. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. You think through the the decisions that we make and the possible outcomes you can You can have an idea of how your choices will play out, and if you're prudent you'll choose the outcomes that will be best and most glorifying to god see our our purpose in life is not to see how much money we can make; our purpose in life is not to see how many how many followers we can get on social media. Our purpose in life is to bring honor and glory to jesus christ revelation four eleven says Says, speaks of, of the saints of all ages and all. They bowed before Jesus Christ sit, who was sitting on the throne and they said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive uh, glory and honor and power for Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Everything was created for His pleasure and we should not do anything to take that glory and to seek our own pleasure. Now, does that mean it's wrong for us to have fun and have pleasure? no. God said that it's good for a man to, to have pleasure in the work of his hands and to, to benefit from what, he's, what he does. But that should not be our goal. Our main goal should be to glorify God. Amen? To glorify God in what we do. Uh, a wise and, uh, when a wise and prudent man recognizes dangers, he does his best to avoid it. It, it's prudent to recognize uh, the situation before you just dive right into something. It's important to prepare for whatever, wh- for whatever uh, the situation is going to bring along. And, and hey, here's, here's the thing. As, as, we're, as we look at this thing called life, we need to realize that, that, that life is going to come to an end one day. Life as we know it, uh, our life here on earth is going to come to an end. And and we need to prepare for what happens after that. You say, well, well, it's death, and then we're done, right? No, the Bible says that there is eternity. There is life after death, and when we die in this life, uh, we're we're going to go into eternity, and we go to one of two places. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. And that's again, that's not based on how good we've been uh, as religion will tell you, but it's based upon our faith in Jesus Christ. A prudent man is going to foresee the evil. He's going to foresee, hey, there's danger in putting off trusting Jesus as my Savior. There's danger in rejecting the offer that Jesus Christ made to give me eternal life. There's danger in trusting in myself to, uh, to, to get me to heaven. And I just need to trust in Jesus because I could die today. I could die five years from now or ten years from now, but at some point I'm going to die. So, and I don't know when that's going to be. So I need to trust in Jesus. A prudent man, a wise man is going to foresee the evil and is going to hide himself or, or to do what he can to protect himself against that evil that's on its way. September 28th, 1987, I recognized that I was on my way to hell and I didn't want to spend eternity in hell. I wanted to know that whenever I died that I would go to heaven. So as a 13-year-old boy, I bowed my head and I prayed and I trusted in Jesus. I received his gift of eternal life and he saved me. And I wanna encourage you to seek Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to believe on him. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. These things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I'm glad to know today that I have eternal life. In Jesus Christ, a prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Through the book of Proverbs, we've seen the, we've seen the contrast between the wise and the simple, the, the, uh, the man of understanding and the foolish man. We've seen that contrast, and, and we know through what the Bible teaches us that we should choose wisdom. We should be wise rather than be foolish. The foolish man, the simple man, seeks for pleasure now, irregardless of what goes on in the future. But the wise man is going to, is going to make sure that the future is shorn up. He's, he's protected against the evil in the future. And he's going to enjoy the life that God blesses him with. He's going to trust in the Lord with all his heart and lean not to his own understanding. simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And many times we, we read, we read this book of Proverbs and, and if we're not careful, we'll get a temporary or a temporal view of things and we'll be like, yeah, but I try to be humble and, and I fear the Lord, but where are my riches and, and who's honoring me? You know, and I always have people telling me get a life, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, Where's all that? But we need to remember that there's more to, there's more to this than just the, this temporary life that we're living. Through eyes of wisdom, through the lens of Scripture, from God's perspective, Humility and the fear of the Lord is going to put you in a position to be blessed by God because humility is going to say, I can't do this, God, I depend on you. Fear of the Lord is going to lead you. It's not, again, it's not being afraid of God, but it's that healthy reverence and respect for God. It's going to lead you out of love for God to honor him with your life. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to bring his blessings. It's going to bring uh, It's going to bring true riches. It's going to bring... Honor from God, and abundant life. See, as you live your life according to the way God would have, then you're going to see that true that true riches are the blessings from the hand of God. You're going to see that the true riches, something that's worth more than more than gold, are the relationships that God gives you, and the influence God gives you to to uh, influence others toward Jesus Christ. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward, a, a perverse person, a rebellious person, thorns and snares. In the way that they go, you'll, you'll find that they're, they're always being tripped up by their own rebellion. But you know, you know those people that they're just determined they're going to do things their way. And, and when, they, when they go marching off to do their own thing, they're walking all over thorns and tripping up and falling into traps and everything. But then they get up and they act like, I meant to do that. Because of their pride and the rebellion of their heart. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. But he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. A person that is going to, that's, But it says, he that doth keep his soul, protecting their soul. Now, the soul, again, that's, that's our mind, will, and emotions. That's the decision-making part of us. And it's going to keep and protect that from the influences that would lead you to make decisions that are destructive for your life and cause you to be a poor influence on others. Thorns and snares are out there, and I don't, I don't want that for myself, or my family. So the Bible says, train up a child in the way you should go. Verse six here, train up a child in the way you should go. Notice it says, train up a child in the way they should go. Moms and dads, you're going to do more training of your children if you, are, if you are in the way that they should go. You, you, you are leading them and they are following you in the way that you're going. And the Bible says you should train them in the way they should go. Which way should they go? You want them to go closer to Jesus Christ and draw close to him, right? Right. You want them to grow up loving loving God and knowing more about him. So set that example by doing it yourself. It's been said more is caught than taught. And actions speak louder than words. So if you say Jesus is wonderful and you should love Jesus and you should obey Jesus, show that with your life. Set that example yourself and show them that this is the way. Walk ye in it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Many times people look at this and they're, and they're like, well, you know, I, I, did, I did my best and my children, they're, they're, not, they're not living for God. But here's the thing, if you train them up in the way they should go, it doesn't say they'll, they will never stray. It, it, it's not saying that they will never do anything other than live for God, but it says when they're old, when they're grown and they're mature, hey, they're still not going to be able to get away from that training. You've instilled it in them. And all along the way, they're going to hear mama's prayers. They're going to hear dad's instructions. Love Jesus. Seek the Lord. Follow him. Stay away from the strange woman. Draw draw nigh to God and he'll draw. They're going to hear those things. No matter how how they they decide and rebel, hey, they're gonna hear those things and they can't get away from it. Here's here's something else. We we often look at parenting as as a cookie cutter type thing, but but parents, you know as well as I do that that our children our children are very different from one another. Our oldest is very different from, uh, my, my oldest son Levi, he's, he's very different from Noah. And Noah's very different from Luke. They have similarities because they, they're in the same family. They have some same tendencies and all of that. But their personalities, their likes and dislikes, they're very different. The things that interest them and the way they need to learn, it's very different and i need to understand the, their way if you're consistent but there's some kids that you just speak to them and <clears throat> clear your voice and they're like you know melt down when they've done wrong they're very different but if we if we look at our training and our discipline and our our and all of that as it has to be exactly the same with everyone hey we're going to mess them up so what do we do we need to we need to lovingly meet them where they are. Isn't that what Jesus did with us? And when you read the gospel accounts, Jesus met people where they were, and he led them from there to trust in him. And we need to meet our kids where they are and train them up in the way they should go, directing them to Jesus. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The, the principles and uh, th- these are these are principles and guidelines that we learn in scripture, and this is, this is this is just a, a fact that the borrower is servant to the lender. You know what many times Many times people talk about wanting to wanting to invest in in um, in mission works and things like that, but they're like well i'm I'm broke. I don't have anything to give why because Because your money is wrapped up in the debts that you've incurred, right? And you're having to give so much. See, God wants us to be financially free. This is not a, this is not a, a, a prosperity gospel that, that I'm preaching, but God does want us to be financially free. Because He wants, he wants to bless us with, with things so that we're able to give, to, to bless others and to support other mission works and things like that. And to see the, the gospel go out. So don't, don't get in over your head financially. Trust the Lord. And follow his principles he that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity and the rod of his anger shall fail he that soweth iniquity if you're going around and you're living your life uh, full of iniquity and what iniquity is iniquity is that is that that draw into sin it's that pull of sin uh, when, when sin comes along and, we're te- and, and the temptation is there, uh, that, that, that's, it, that's, that's in us that pulls us in that direction, that's iniquity because we have a desire for it, for the sin. We have a desire in, inside of us that leads us and, and draws us to do that that's wrong. That's iniquity. But if you're sowing iniquity, if you're you're sowing seeds of iniquity, opening yourself up and letting your life be filled with with the seeds of iniquity that as it grows, it's going to draw you into more sin, the Bible says you're going to reap vanity. If you sow to the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption, the Bible says. You'll reap what you sow. And, And as you sow iniquity in your life, when that harvest time comes, you'll find that it's empty. That's what the word vanity means. It's empty, it's vain. It's, it's, it may lead you to, to feel all puffed up and prideful, but you're gonna find it's like cotton candy. It may be temporarily sweet, but there's no substance to it. It's a lot of fluff and no stuff. You're not gonna be able to live your life on that vanity. The Bible says, "The rod of his anger shall fail." The rod in Scripture is a is a is a, a it's a a tool of discipline, a tool that that is used in chastening to to discipline uh, and to, to correct wrong behavior. And you'll find, moms and dads, if you if you live your life sowing iniquity and living however you want to, but you want to go and tell your kids how they ought to live for God and serve God, you'll find that that it's doesn't have any effect, except maybe to cause them to be bitter and angry toward you. So what's the solution to all of this? What we need is is we need to realize the power of the gospel. Jesus set us free from sin, and when we live out of love for him, we don't have to have all these rules and, and regulations and everything that for so long the church uh, that uh, people in churches have, have set and imposed on, on others that have led them to be to, to live a religious but a bitter life. But when we live for God and serve God out of a heart of love, you're going to find that it leads us to live holy and righteous and godly. Not because I have to, not because I'm afraid of what might happen if I don't do this, but because, hey, I love God. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Oh, they don't deserve it. We may say, but we didn't deserve the grace of God. The generosity of a man leads him to sacrificially give to meet the needs of others. And we know what real generosity is because we who were dead in trespasses and sins have received the gift of God, eternal life, forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ. Don't you love how the gospel is on every page in the Bible? It's just there. You know, it's not a stretch. It's just there. I love, I love it. Uh, and, and when we follow the example of Jesus Christ and we're good and, and bountiful uh, and blessing others, the Bible says we're going to be blessed. That word blessed means, means a, a deep happiness and satisfaction, a peace that comes that just makes you feel good for doing good to somebody else, expecting nothing in return. You're blessed. Now, the Bible says, cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. You're going to have those that come along and, and they're just contentious. And they're scorning and they're, they're mocking and they're, uh, and they're rebellious at heart. And, and the more you try to encourage them and the more you try to be good and, and lead them to do what's right, they're, they're just bent on being rebellious. And the Bible says, cast them out. And what you'll find is when that, when that point of, of scorning and contention is, is removed from the situation, the strife is going to cease. You're going to have peace restored. Our goal, is not, our goal is not to see how many people we can cast out of our lives. Our goal is to love them to Jesus and lead them to Jesus. But there are those that, there are those that, that no matter how much we try to influence them toward Jesus, there comes a point where we have to say, I can't let them influence me. I can't continue in this conversation. I need to just bring a stop to it. And it may be that you just stop answering their texts or their messages on on Facebook or whatever it is. Don't get involved in the arguments on social media. Do you know how many do you know how many times you you change somebody's mind through an argument on social media? You don't. They just they just get deeply rooted in their position, and they'll continue on for days, and it builds more bitterness and anger toward one another, and, and you don't want that, so just cast that out. Just don't, don't let that be a part of your life, but reflect Jesus. Love them, and, and communicate to them, hey, I'm, I'm not rejecting you. I'm just not going to continue in this, in this conversation, because I, I want you to know that even though I disagree with your position, I still love you as a person. And we can still love people. We live in a day and time when people think that if you disagree, you hate them. But that's not the case. We love them and we need to love them to Jesus. But you'll never, you'll never love them to Jesus if you engage them in that contention. So cast that out. Cast out the strife and reproach shall cease. He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips the king shall be his friend. The Bible says, "Blessed are the poor, in, the, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." Hey, is your heart pure? Do you have a pure heart before God and men? Uh, to the pure all things are pure. And, and uh, the, the desire, uh, the Bible says, the desire of a man is his kindness, and, and a pure heart is going, to, is going to flow with grace and kindness toward those around him. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If our heart is pure, then it's going to, it's going to flow out of the mouth with grace and love and truth and kindness, the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge and he, he and God uh, uh, the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor here's the thing God knows and and at the end of the day that's all that truly matters God knows what's going on. God knows what the truth is you don't need to you don't need to argue and take up and and, and stand up for yourself and and all that hey like we said earlier, let your reputation, let your testimony speak for itself. Let, let what you have established as your testimony speak for itself and magnify Jesus Christ. Let him make a difference in you and in your relationships. And if somebody's angry and mad at you for your stand for righteousness and holiness, as long as you're doing it in a godly and a right way, God knows and he's gonna take care of it. Now, if you're one of those that, that you're saying, I'm going to take a stand for righteousness and holiness, and all you people that disagree with me, you're just a bunch of idiots. If that's, how, if that's your approach, that's not godly. That's offensive. I like ice cream, but I don't like it thrown in my face, right? Right? and we need to we need to love people enough to take a right stand for truth and righteousness but do it with grace and truth do it with with love and mercy and let Jesus be seen through us hey, we need to we need to yield ourselves to Jesus Christ this week i saw i saw a post on on facebook where uh, a, a, a pastor had written a book, and 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 he said he said his goal in he was he, he said something about the book, but then he he said my goal in life is to preach the gospel to as many as I can, and die and be forgotten. You might say, well, I don't I don't want to be forgotten. Well, I, you know, I I want my reputation, I want my testimony for God to you know, like the Bible says of, of Abel that that though he's dead, yet he speaks. I want, his life to, I want my life to influence others for years after I'm, after I'm dead, but not Philip Jones influencing them. It's the change that Jesus made in me to influence them. Because it doesn't matter if people know Philip Jones. But it does make a difference if they don't know Jesus. I want to magnify him and minimize myself. John the Baptist said, he must increase, but I must decrease. Amen? Amen. Moving on, verse 13, the slothful man saith, there's a line without, I shall be slain in the streets. We've come to a, a part of, of Proverbs where several verses now are going to kind of go together to, to teach a lesson. And we've not seen that very much through the past few, several chapters of Proverbs because they've, each, each sentence has been, each verse has been a standalone lesson. But these next several verses go together. He says, the slothful man saith, there's a line without, I shall be slain in the streets. The slothful uh, is is going to he's going to make any excuse he can not to work. The mouth of a str- of strange women is a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Ways of living, being lazy or being loose in their morals, and they're going to fall into that trap foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. You know, these, this foolish way of being slothful, being lazy, or being loose in the morals, the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. If you leave a child to themselves, this foolishness is gonna come out in their life. So mom and dad, we do have a responsibility to correct the behavior, the wrong behavior. The Bible says the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. Now this isn't talking about taking a big stick and beating your child black and blue with it. That's abuse. God never condones a which is correction. We need to love our children enough. The Bible says, if you hate your son, you will refrain from chastening them. He that spareth the rod hateth his son. the Bible says, like I said earlier, each child has a different personality and needs to be needs to be trained and taught you know somewhat differently because of who they are and 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 how they think about things and process everything some of them you you've got to be more stern with some of them you you got to handle with tenderness and all of them with tenderness but but a little more tender than others I guess you could say but what is the rod of correction it is consistency in how you discipline them The rod is a a, a method of discipline. The point here is consistency. If your consistency is time out or standing in the corner or or a switch, like you take a little little switch, you know, and just kind of switch, you don't have to put a whole lot in, and it's not going to bruise them up and everything, but it's going to talk to them, and it's going to let them know that, hey, I don't want to do that anymore because that, that wasn't pleasant, right? Whatever your method is, be consistent with it. But don't let your method be, well, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to infringe on their individuality. I don't want to stifle their personality and, and, and not let them develop as an individual. No, no, no. If you, let, if you just leave them alone and let them develop as an individual, they'll turn into a criminal. Because foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. Mom and dad, you have a responsibility to train that out of them. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. This, you know, why in the world would somebody oppress the poor to increase riches? Why would you want to take from the poor? I and mean, they they don't really have a whole lot to begin with. What, what do you want to take from them? What's left? I mean, who does that? Well, I'll tell you. It's scratch-offs and, and you know, the, the Powerball and all that, that... Notice that the, that the mo that the wealthiest people they're never standing in line at seven eleven to buy the to buy the scratch offs and there's a reason for it because you hardly ever win now, i was given I was given some some scratch offs a, a couple of years ago somebody gave me a couple of them for uh, for uh, Christmas or something like that and and i think I think I won two dollars and I, and it cost me more in gasoline to go to the place to get the two dollars than it did to you know the two dollars right you play that stuff and, and you're going to find you lose more than, so much more. And the people that, that have actually won, check back with them in a couple of years and you'll find they're miserable and broke usually. Relationships destroyed because, well, you don't love me enough to give me, I mean, I'm your cousin. Well, I don't even know you, you know. And, and, but they hate and call such, don't even fool with that. Earn, the Bible teaches diligence and, and labor and earning money that way. Uh, he that oppresses the poor increases riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. This is, this is just saying, hey, there are consequences for foolishness, and there are blessings for living uh, according to wisdom. And so now wisdom is going to speak out. She's been teaching us all along these these truths. And now she's gonna speak and says, bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. See, wisdom is crying out and, and having taught us these principles and truths and says, humble yourself now and listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Solomon is writing this to his son Rehoboam and and he's encouraging his son because he wants his son to be a wise king. He said it's pleasant if you keep keep these truths in your heart and speak them to others. He says that thy trust may be in the Lord. Wisdom says to us, live this way, trusting in the Lord. It might not make sense to you on the surface, but if you trust in the Lord and live this way, you'll find the blessings. That you, that trust may be in the Lord, not in yourself. That that trust may be in the Lord, not in some, uh, some uh, you know, um, think tank or whatever. Not in some, per, uh, some professor at some college, but that your trust may be in the Lord. He said, I've taught you these things so that you'll learn to trust in the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Have not I written unto thee uh, excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I, may make known th- 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 that I may make thee know the certainty of the words of truth? He said, look, I've written these things to you. Wisdom says I've told you these things and I've taught you these things. So as you live according to them, you'll see that it's true. And you'll grow in your faith and be more determined to live according to wisdom. That thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. There are going to be people that come and say, why'd you do it that way? Why don't you play the lottery? Why don't you you get back at them whenever they spoke to you that way? You ought to go on Facebook and just tell them off and put them in their place. Why don't you? because there's no point to it. And my most important goal is for them to see Jesus in me. See, when Jesus was reviled, the Bible says he reviled not again, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. That that doesn't mean we need to be a, a floor mat for people to just walk all over, but it does mean that we need to be Humble and reflecting Jesus Christ. Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. You know, when when you're when you're driving up the road and you come to a, a traffic light and there's somebody standing out there with a, a cardboard sign, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if they've if they've uh got coke, you know, on their on their, their lip from where they're snorting it. It doesn't matter if they got a needle hanging out of their arm. You don't need to go yelling at them, get a job, you know. Don't do like what, like what I heard somebody say. They, they drove up and saw somebody holding a, a will work for food sign. Let these ambulances go by here. This guy said he, he, he came to a stop sign there, and there was a guy standing there with a cardboard sign that said we'll work for food. He said, here's a hamburger. Come paint my house. You know, Don't be that way. I mean, you might as well slap them in the face. That's, that's offensive. Do you have to give them $20? No. But be kind. Pray for them. If the Lord leads you to do something for them, then do something for them. But let's not be rude to people. Because you could find yourself in that same situation. And how would you want somebody to treat you in that situation? What can we do to show the grace of God to those people and the love of God? The Bible says, for the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. If you take advantage of somebody who is already destitute and and in a bad way, you're going to stand before God and give an account for that. And I already know that I've got, I've got plenty that I'm not going to be proud of on the day that I stand before God. I don't want to add to it by being mean to somebody, right? Make no friendship with an angry man, with a furious man thou shalt not go. You've heard it said, birds of a feather flock together. Nearness is likeness. You become like those that you spend time around. That's, why, that's one of the reasons I encourage you to come to church. No, we're not perfect people, and I'm not saying come around so you can be imperfect like us. No, I'm saying let's come together because our heart is to honor God, and we want to fellowship together and encourage one another to grow in our love for God and our service for God, and grow in our reflection of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's one of the one of the benefits of fellowshipping together. But if you make your, make it your tendency to hang around those that that uh, that live. For self and live for pleasure, and they live a very worldly and a carnal, fleshly, sinful way, that's what you're going to be like. Notice the Bible says, Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Be not thou one of them that strike hands or of them that are sureties for debts. If thou hast nothing to pay, why should he take away thy bed from under thee? Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. What, is, what in the world is this? You know, there's some there's some guidelines there's some there's some principles that that have been set in our lives to help us to help us to, to grow and and wisdom has been has been taught us and these are those benchmarks that we need to that we need to uh, to live by these are those benchmarks that help us to make our decisions for life and to govern our our choices and and we don't need to budge those and move those. We need to see we need to see the truth of them from the Word of God and follow it biblically seest thou a man diligent in his business he shall stand before kings he shall not stand before mean men now this isn't talking about somebody that's you know a mean person the word mean here it's uh, do you remember do you remember in school uh, you know and I'm sorry to bring school and math into all of this and all but do you do you remember uh the the uh, uh, mean and uh it's like the it means like average that's what this is talking about encouraging life when you're when you're a, a man that is diligent in business when you you're you're not just going to stand before the average people It's going to bring promotion uh, to you. You're going you're to grow and you're going to develop and you're going to be promoted. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be the owner of a multi-million dollar corporation. But, but hey, remember this. King of kings, you can hear well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's greater than any promotion that this world has to offer. I'd rather have the have everybody in this world hate me and Jesus say, well done. Then for everybody in this world to say, boy, you're doing a good job. And Jesus say, my goodness, I'm very disappointed. Amen? How do, we, how, do we, how do we guard against that? Well, we follow God's way. He's taught us these things so that we can learn not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in the Lord. We're, we need to trust God. God and to obey him following his way and as we follow him as we choose to reflect Jesus and not ourselves as we choose to magnify Jesus and not our own desires the Bible says delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart as you choose to magnify Jesus he'll give you the right desires to have and then he'll give you what you desire isn't that wonderful? Because once you begin to desire the right things he 's going to bless you with those things that you desire, the things of god and what a blessing that is all of this all of this points to that name that 's above every name, the name of jesus I, and i don 't know about you, but as, as, as we 've gone through this today and, and i 'll tell you as i 've studied this this week it it 's convicted me that it's convicted me of some areas of my life where where i've been i've been a little more self-focused than savior focused i've been a little more focused on, on what people think of, of what of making philip jones likable to people now that doesn't mean that i want to be i want people to not like me remember a good name's rather be chosen than great riches But if I focus on people liking Philip, then I'm going to find that I'm not really following much else that's here in in this passage. But if I focus on Jesus Christ and reflecting him to everybody, it's going to accomplish me building a good reputation and having a good name as I point them to the name that's above every name. See, Jesus Jesus did just that. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What a horrible death that was. Why did he do it? He did it so we could have a relationship with him. Why do I need to focus on Lifting up that name rather than lifting up my name. Choosing that good name rather than focusing on making a name for myself. Why? That at the name of Jesus, their knee will bow. See, here's the thing. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. But as believers in Jesus Christ, it's our, it, it should be our desire that we live our lives and communicate to others the good news of Jesus Christ so their knee bows at the name of Jesus this side of eternity. Because if they bow on that side of eternity, it's too late. We have a responsibility, church. And I want to encourage each and every one of us to live our lives, to lift up that name that's above every name living these principles and these truths that helps us to live in wisdom and reflect the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ to the world around us. Not seeking our own, but magnifying Jesus. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for your goodness and your mercy. I want to thank you that your way is right your way is best. I want to thank you for the gospel and how the gospel sets us free and how the gospel makes it possible for us to live a life that reflects the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that there's any here today that does not know that uh, that, uh, Jesus is their Savior and heaven is their eternal home. If there are any that are watching uh, by way of of the internet, Lord, that that do not know that Jesus is their Savior and that they uh, have eternal life, Lord, I pray that today will be the day that they call on you and trust in you as their Lord and Savior. That at the name of Jesus, they'll bow their knee and humble themselves before you and confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.